run for public office. No one would take me seriously. You and me both. Both you brother. You and me broth. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking about soup? <laughs> you and me broth, brother. <laughs> now that's salacious. <laughs> I just... That's my one for the day. <laughs> right before this, I told Gabe not, <laughs> not to use the word salacious because he says it so frequently on our podcast. I have the vocabulary of a 10th grader who is repeating 10th grade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a carpenter who builds stairs. <laughs> I'm always one step ahead. <laughs> That's an office joke. Sometimes you don't have a lot to say, so your mind is... You know, tripping over itself trying to come up with new things to say. The Beatles wrote a song about it. It's called Mind Tripper. Did you just make that up? I don't know my Beatles as well as you. So I know you don't, you so you, you don't understand the joke. Someone somewhere is laughing right now. Mind Tripper. It's actually called Blank Tripper, Stephen, you dumb dumb. I know that it's called Blank Tripper. Blank Tripper? I'm making this joke just to make fun of Gabe. What is a blank tripper? No, no, it's called day tripper. Oh. That's the song. <laughs> this was, joke is so layered. <laughs> I was keeping the word out. <laughs> I know. It's super layered. Did we do a cast on the... No, Beatles? we have not yet. But it is that's on the coming. Docket. That's coming. Okay. This is the first episode in a long string of episodes that is a little less current that I've been wanting to do for some time, but we just haven't been able to do because we've been doing so many other things trying to stay current. And we're finally doing it. And we have to ride fr- the current. fresh off the Dexter episode yeah. where I talked for like 45 minutes about how much I love that show. There's a lot to love. We're going to be doing another episode with me talking a little bit about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is to me a beloved comedy. I mean, I've seen like the first two seasons, but that a lot of people have a lot of feelings about. Many people have very mixed feelings about, but I think is genius. So we're going to throw a little love to the show that is now no longer a show. When did it? Our airing. It's, it's no longer going to be created because it's over. it just finished. Yeah, yeah, it's done. And it's called Brooklyn Nine-Nine, as I said. But before that, we're going to hop in to something Gabe can speak on a little bit. <laughs> Aziz, and, <laughs> Aziz and Sorry just put out a new special on Netflix. It's a half-hour special. It's a tight 30. Called Nightclub Comedian. Yeah. It's a little show for a little for man. For a little man. <laughs> I love Fazis, so that was not shade. <laughs> We're, I mean, we have little clout here at the Cult Podcast. I'm a huge Aziz and Sari fan. We've done, you are, I think, one episode on Master of None, season three. Right. Because I just felt it was worth talking about. I love Master of None. I love Aziz and Sari. I love his last special he did on Netflix called Right Now. It was all about him sort of just getting really real with an audience. There's a lot of comedy in that special doing stand up, but there's also a lot of uh, him just getting really genuine and open and pointing out a lot of sort of holes in our society today. And that's sort of become his style. Yeah. And now this special, it's a half hour. It's called nightclub comedian. It takes place at a little kind of underground bar called the comedy cellar in New York, a place he used to call his home. He, he recently started dating someone, which is something he, said he always in his old comedy specials he said he never really would do but he started dating a british woman and they moved to london together oh yeah they might be married i'm not sure they're wow. but but they're committed to each other good for his Some, yeah something he said was always really hard for him to think about so he found his person i'm glad that he did i think he was like it's all right london's all right 
<laughs> but this was just another a little half hour was recorded a month ago in December in New York. No one knows he's going to be there. He shows up after the last person has gone on and everybody's like, oh my gosh, Aziz Ansari. And uh, it was great. I really loved it. This little comedy special points out, he kind of does the same thing. Like you said, he always does and starts pointing out holes in society and our current culture that we live in. He makes fun, pokes fun a lot at the vaccine issue, hot button topics, COVID jokes, a lot of COVID jokes and what the pandemic has done for our culture. And then he starts to point out that like, and I thought that this was like the more brilliant part and the reason that we're talking about it. In the same way that Bo Burnham did, like a lot of sort of meta kind of joking about our culture. The content machine. Yeah. If this was an episode by itself, it'd probably be like a teal episode, which is like a sort of unparalleled episode. But um, pointing out how we have a media-obsessed culture and way that we're living, style of living right now, where everybody's on their phones constantly, and the news only focuses on stupid things that don't matter and so our, our news is upside down and the things we care about as people are is upside down and how we don't really know how to communicate with one another in person very well and yeah just really interesting i loved the things he had to say he's always trying to kind of expose kind of like a raw way to be human he, yeah yeah he himself has like done work to try to dis- disconnect a little bit more he got rid of his smartphone and he Join the flip phone community, which is a huge thing that's happening. People are getting rid of their smartphones to try to get back to being more present with life and the people around them. Yeah, absolutely. I've been thinking about doing that for years. But yeah, hearing him talk about how his uncle passed away from COVID too. Yeah. Every every beat, every segment he does really comes back with an emotional punch at the end. And I think that's that's a brilliant way to do comedy, at least today, for someone like him. Yeah, he, he, he hits at it from both sides. Yeah, he's a both sides guy. <laughs> well, he, he makes fun of people, you know, both choosing for the vaccine and not choosing for the vaccine. And then he talks about how he doesn't think people who are not getting the vaccine are unintelligent. But just that they're caught up in the misinformation cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a whole other kind of topic. It also would be sort of a controversial idea that someone could be believing misinformation, you know? What do you mean? If someone thinks that... That could be misinformation? That yeah, misinformation yeah, is exactly, misinformation. yeah. You know, we're, we're in inception now, we're three... Well, I mean, that's, that's real, but people who believe that vaccines are bad, this vaccine is bad, and then now as he's just saying, well, it's misinformation, they'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm not... This is actual information, you know? And so what actually is information or misinformation is... A whole other like hot button topic you know what i mean yeah it's a pretty deep well his stuff on social media was really funny uh, i loved the bit about the apps looking at your face and taking your information and he's like <laughs> if china came out and said we were recording your face everyone would be up in arms but then there's an app that's released that would say like oh what would you like to look like when you're older <laughs> everyone's look like, at my yeah, face <laughs> look at my face <laughs> yeah he's really funny he's got great bits his politics is always interesting i mean yeah we we could get into like (laughs) that whole thing again about neoliberalism and whatnot but sure it's a deep deep bag so but ultimately you know he always has like really interesting ideas to present to i think everyone especially if you are willing to hear it and you love laughing i think aziz's comedy is like always on point and very pertinent to the culture of today yeah it leaves you feeling like you not only had a good time, but you also gained something. Yeah. Yeah. It's quality. That's Aziz. 
He's a quality dude. <laughs> I, I also left kind of thinking the one thing I do love about Aziz is he's a very brilliant communicator, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Aziz is great. Yeah. I think he's he's done another great special. It's interesting. I don't think I've ever watched a, like such a short but compact special. Yeah. Like he just cut, he goes through like five different topics and just knocks mm-hmm. it out. He had it all planned out and written down too because it was all in that book. And that's the brilliant thing about comedians is oftentimes – it flows so naturally out of them, like out of their mouth, as if they're just almost like responding to, you know, the laughter, just riffing. But it's not actually riffing. It's extremely planned out, you know. It's also cool to see that little clip at the end from him being in that same yeah. spot 20 years ago. His voice sounded so different. Uh, yeah, he's, he's like uh, 18 in that clip or yeah. something. It's crazy. He's not like the Aziz that we all know from Parks and Recreation. No, he's just a kid. Yeah. Just a kid. Just a wee lad. <laughs> now he's in Britain. Sipping tea and eating scones. Now he's in Britain. Oh, who am I? Who am I? I don't know what the difference is between my waking life and my sleeping life. <laughs> no, you, you you have to go higher than that. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know what the difference is who? between my waking. Why and my are you sleeping. calling me Mark Specter? Mark. My name's Stephen. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I can't wait for I know exactly who that is. Yeah, you do. And it's, we'll just leave it there. We won't even say it. It's a man doing an impression. It's of, a man doing an impression of, of another, a man. Of a man doing an impression. Can you imagine him coming up with that voice like like <laughs> alone in his bathroom or like whatever, wherever he does his like workshopping, you know? Yeah. And, I, and then I imagine him presenting that voice to Kevin Feige. <laughs> I know. He's like, Kevin, check this out. You said the creators of that show are like good... Uh, good not creators. Good content creators. Uh, guest directors. I don't know if they're directing the whole thing, but yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Benson and Moorhead. They're indie darlings right now, and they actually directed two episodes of Archive 81, which I'm watching. <gasps> Archive yeah. 81? These are two guys that get surrealism. Do you think we'll be doing an episode on that in the future? Probably. What? I watched, I, I was vaguely interested in it for a che- while. Hey, I'll say something from an old podcast. Check a look, listeners. One day, we'll be doing an episode in Archive 81. Check a look. Check a look. Yeah. <laughs> well, what really got me to watch it was because Dukes told you from NWO that mm-hmm. uh, it was good. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, let's do it. Because I... He also was the one that told me that we are already kind of in it, but he told us to do an episode on Squid Game. Talking about Squid Game. Squid Game. Archive 81. Now, that's that's trending. Which one? Both? Squid, Squid Game. I don't I know. know if Archive 81 is... I'd, I'd be curious to see how many people are watching that because... It was trending number one for like a week or two. Archive 81? Yeah. Wow. For the week that it came out. That's cool. It's a surprising level of quality. Sometimes Netflix productions are like a box of chocolates. Yeah. You, you never really know what you're going to get. <laughs> a little Forrest Gump action. But this, and we'll talk about it more, I guess, if we eventually do a cast. But if you like Devs or The Empty Man... The Empty Man. The Empty it's like both of those things combined. I, we, should, we need to do an Empty Man episode. If we do Archive 81... We got to do an Empty Man episode. Well, we we'll, could just feature Empty Man and Devs in. But we'll, we need to do an Empty Man episode. Yeah. Because it's, it's that good. <laughs> I, I've forgotten all the research I did when I watched it, but there's that's a fascinating story. It'll come back to you. It always does. So transitioning into Brooklyn Nine-Nine, another comedy. We're just talking about comedies today. Yeah. Comedic things. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was a show that premiered in 2013 on Fox, when Fox still existed. Uh, starring and spearheaded by Andy Samberg, who mm-hmm. is former SNL alumni, alumnus. Lonely Island. Lonely. He's one of the Everybody knows three Andy. guys from Lonely Island. 
And I think he's a brilliant, brilliant comic. I've always thought he just extremely witty, really ahead of the curve. He has this youthful charisma. Zestiness. It's zest. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Cause he, it, it, some people may think it kind of juvenile, mm-hmm. but I think it's, uh, it's, it's very genuine and it's, it's refreshing to see like this. Yeah. The Lonely Island guys, boys, started... Men. Now, now men. Yeah, they're all grown families. They started doing internet stuff. Awesome town. Just like Please Don't Destroy. Yeah, 20 years ahead of the game. Yeah, Please Don't Destroy is on SNL right now doing similar things like, like the Lonely Island guys were doing. Great young then. talent. But, it, I mean, back when you know YouTube was just on the up and up, the Lonely Island guys were sort of discovered and brought on to SNL to start writing for SNL. Andy Samberg, I think, was the only one made an, an official cast member. Well, the other, I think, um, Kiva and Yorm, uh, yeah, Tacone and Kiva Schaefer. I think they were writers, but they were writers. Andy that, was a cat. Was like that's what I just said. He, well, I thought you said that he was the only one they brought onto the show. No, only one that they made an official cast member. Are you not like the yeah. other ones? They were other ones were writers. Yeah, everyone was a writer. I said they were all writers, but Andy was the only one they brought on as an official cast member. I see what you mean. Sorry, I understood. And they introduced digital shorts, didn't they? Yeah, I was gonna say they they started the digital shorts. The first one I think that they made was Lazy Sunday. Lazy Sunday. Lazy Sunday. The Chronic. <laughs> what calls of Narnia? Which then like <laughs> that just like transformed comedy, I really think, because that digital short made it into The Office, and then The Office was also spearheading comedy at the time. Uh, that was in season three, episode five, called The Initiation. Also, the Pretzel Day episode. But, man, so so Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I mean, Andy Samberg, the comedy of Andy Samberg, just an amazing cast uh, who I, we should make you say it. It's so fun when you oh do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Here we go again. Let's play. We need a little show tune that plays before I start butchering names. It's my favorite thing. I couldn't even get the Lonely Island guys. It Mang- was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Yorma Tacone and Akiva Schaefer, both brilliant. Do you not have Google in the palm of your hand? I do, but I'm lazy. Anyway, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, of course, led brilliantly by Andy Samberg. I love this man. I would do anything for him. Also starring Melissa Fumero. Fumero? Fumero. Fumero. Melissa Fumero as Amy Santiago. Stephanie Beatriz as Rosa Diaz. Mm -hmm. We got Terry Crews as Terry Jeffords. Uh, Joe Lo Truglio. <laughs> I can't. This is the worst. I hate this. Uh, Joe Lo, Joe Lo Truglio. That's <laughs> Charles Boyle. Come on, man. This I'm trying. Jo- Joe Lo Truglio. Andre Brower as Raymond Holt. Mm-hmm. Dirk Blocker. Is that his name? Jeez. Dirk Blocker as Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Joel McKinnon Miller as Scully. Scully. Chelsea Peretti as Gina. Yep. That's basically where the main cast ends. Chelsea Peretti, I think, exited the show after the fourth season or fifth season. She's listed in the cast through 2021. Well, she, she I think she still comes back for like wow. one episode or two episodes per season. Gotcha. But a lot of amazing guest appearances, not the least of which would be Craig Robinson, Jason yes. Mantzoukas. Kooky characters all around. Mantzoukas, Adrian yeah, Pimento. What is Dean Winters as the vulture? Just the, the detective. Just the detective. There's so many good characters in this show. It's insane. But yeah. And then I should say that Holt's husband is <laughs> played by Mark Evan Jackson. 
and his name is Kevin Cosner. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. The show is, I, I think, brilliantly written. Um, I won't just, I won't go too far into the like the plot of the show because it's there's it's really just what is Brooklyn Nine Nine, Steve? <laughs> it's Andy Samberg plays Jake Peralta. He's a detective who's like a fully grown man, but he still acts like a child basically but his his main mission in life was to always be a detective and so he gets put in brooklyn at the precinct 99 the nypd precinct 99 and so this show is like you know it's a comedy written about these people's lives who are (laughs) detectives for the new york police department in brooklyn at the 99th precinct and uh it's just so funny. Created by Dan Gore from Parks and Rec? Yes. So it's very much like a Parks and Rec office style show. Except there's no talking heads. So oh, yeah. it's completely plot driven and, and you know, it plays kind of like a situational comedy, but there's no laugh track either. So there's that element to it. Yeah, but it is very, very much like Parks and Rec without the talking heads where they're not talking directly to the camera. Those cutaways. Or being like like almost like a mockumentary style. Yeah. So I don't think I've ever laughed as much in a comedy, situational comedy show, broadcast show, as I have in this show. Even The Office? Correct. What? I'm constantly laughing. Like a guffaw? Like a knee-slapping, belly-aching, like bending over minute to minute? There's only a handful of times that I think I laughed like that, like very heartily in The Office. There have been like countless times in watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine that I have laughed. Like every episode? So frequently. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable how much they can get me to laugh. Because it's so fast-paced and witty, it's very like quick banter situations. Mm -hmm. Something happens and you're still processing like... (laughs) what just happened but this is the style of andy sandberg his comedy where as you're processing something that just happened something from out of left field will come in and insert their way into that joke or into that situation that will completely change the course of that situation toward a new direction and then another thing out of maybe right field or whatever you know comes in and then changes the course again and it happens just so quickly through every scene of the 22 minutes, that half hour that you're there watching the show, that it's it's almost overwhelming. But once you kind of get used to that, it becomes something that it's almost like you're in on the inside joke and you just can't stop laughing at how insane this is, you know? Andy loves uh, chaos. Yeah, and it I would call it maybe, yeah, absurdist at times, but it's not, it's not really. It's still as grounded in like... You know, at the end of the day, they're still going to meet at the bar and drink together and talk about, you know, being cops. them trying to catch, yeah, catch the bad guy or something right. or what's going on in their personal lives, which there's a lot of heart in the show as well. It's kind of surprising. This last season was the last season. It just ended, I think, in October ish. It was the eighth season. It, it was the shortest season. It was nine episodes long. Where was it on, if not Fox? Because it got passed around, right? Yeah, Fox canceled it after five seasons. And then NBC picked it up like the next day or like two days later and continued it for three more seasons. And I thought, in my opinion, to be honest, people disagree with me here, but season six and seven were like the best the show had ever been. It was hilarious. There was an episode. There's this insane guy who's like a daredevil risk taker. Like everyone's always surprised he's still alive. He's played by Jason Montzoukas. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> guy's so funny. And his, his name in the show is Pimento. 
Pimento. And there's an episode in season seven called Pumamento, where Pimento starts leaving cl- he gets amnesia but left clues for himself all over his body or like something so it plays off of the christopher nolan memento right and it is one of the craziest episodes of television i've ever seen the jokes are so meta and cross culture with pop culture that it's constantly referencing things and if you if you know then you're laughing and if you don't know you're probably still laughing because you're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> There's an episode in here where Andy makes a lot of jokes about he keeps buying different stock in Bitcoin. And then he's like, you know, I didn't make a bad investment. I bought stock in The Rock's Bitcoin. And then he looks at his phone really quick. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, what happened to The Rock's Bitcoin? Like, Because it just crashed. And then he does it again 10 minutes later. And then at the end, he's like, no, no, but this time it's solid because I just bought an NFT <laughs> in blah, blah, blah. It's just so freaking funny constantly witty constantly playing off of current events and current pop culture references which is something that andy does so well you said they do that in a big way too in the final season or two yeah yeah yeah. they start this season coming off of the pandemic because i think the show was probably delayed from when they were supposed to record maybe maybe had to do with probably the the few episodes for this for that last season but coming off the pandemic and everything that happened with george floyd they make a george floyd reference and talk about because they are a police department at the end of the day and they have a few cops that are black one of them is the captain of the precinct and he's played by andre brower brilliantly he's probably my favorite character in the show there's no one that does deadpan like andre brower unbelievable they play him in this show to sort of just be like a robot like his brain (laughs) process is sort of like a robot and everyone's always making jokes about how he may not be human (laughs) (laughs) but in the show he's a gay black man who's you know the boss he's the captain Mm. so they play off of the discrimination and the current events with everything that happened what's going on with the boys in blue and you know the defunding the police and stuff like that and then terry cruz is also a really big black man there's a there's a reoccurring joke in this season how he might be the kool-aid man (laughs) what it's so funny that the one that breaks through walls yeah breaks through walls and goes oh yeah oh yeah and the whole season he's like i can't do that he's like i'm not the kool-aid man tell me he does it he does it in the finale it's (laughs) unbelievable that's interesting it's this show is just brilliant man but so yeah they they do have there's a lot of heart there too like you know amidst all the joking the constant joking they get together and they have each other's backs and they love one another and care about one another deeply including Terry Crews and Andre Brower. Stephanie Beatrice, also really great in this show. Melissa Fumero, Jolo Trulio is just insane. The supporting characters. Craig Robinson's like a reoccurring thing. Like There's like one episode of him a season where he plays a criminal that Jake, Andy Samberg's character, considers like one of his best friends. But he's constantly like trying to escape prison. And Jake's like always trying to secretly help him, but like not... (laughs) But he's like also working for the NYPD. It's super funny. And then toward, at the end of the episode, Craig Robinson always outsmarts Jake and then runs away again. What? It's really funny. And then there's also another reoccurring gag episode called The Heist. And it's like probably the thing Brooklyn Nine-Nine is most famous for as far as like comedy. Because those episodes are crazy. I don't even know how to begin describing them. And the show's final episode is a heist episode. It's a reoccurring... It's a reoccurring thing that happens once a year. It started as a Halloween tradition in the show. This is like the lore of the show. As a Halloween tradition, they call it the Halloween heist, where they basically everyone in the 99 competes for like an item. And then if they get that item, 
they get crowned like king of the nine nine or whatever for that day. But it becomes something that Jake does or Andy Sandberg does. And then every year it just gets escalated to where everyone's betraying everyone and, and they're running throughout the city of New York. And it's hilarious. I couldn't say enough good things about it. I couldn't recommend it enough. Like I said, I don't think I've ever, I've watched Friends countless times. I watched The Office so many times I couldn't even begin to tell you. I love Parks and Recreation. I've watched I Love Lucy multiple times all the way through. There's, I've watched oh, wow. so many, so many comedies. And you could name one. I'd be like, yeah, I've watched it or I've seen it all the way through maybe multiple times. Brooklyn Nine-Nine might be the funniest one I've ever seen. High praise. Yeah. Dang. So I just wanted to throw some love out there to the amazing writing. The cast. Amazing cast. Yeah. And 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 express a little bit of sadness that it's over. But it also makes sense because I feel like this show was always sort of doomed. Like it always is like almost getting canceled or like kind of hardly making its ratings and but I think, you know, NBC seen the genius in the writing. I, they're the ones that kept it going after Fox canceled it. So, yeah, really good show. I'd highly recommend it. And now that it's over, you can watch all eight seasons, I think, on Hulu or wherever it's going to go after Hulu. So please give it some love, even if you don't like Andy Samberg. Treat yourself, <laughs> Treat yourself. audience, yeah. to some Brooklyn Nine-Nine. ba da ba da ba da